Welcome back to another episode of Less is the New More, where we explore interior design inspiration that allows us to be more ourselves at home. I'm Ash. And I'm Claire. And we are so excited to be back for another episode. We are going to kick off the pod today by giving our opinion on a design trend. A design trend. A design trend that one of our listeners has written in about. And then we're going to unpack the interior designer's version of writer's block, which we're just calling creative block. Yeah. I think there should be a real name for it. We've termed it ourselves. Yeah. And the reason we're touching on this is because we think it's really applicable to anyone that's renovating or even just interior designers. I think all around people can say that they've experienced some kind of creative block, some capacity in their life. And so we want to unpack, well, what does that look like to solve and what does that look like to embrace and Mm. how can we as interior designers overcome that when we face it? Very much so. So should we get stuck into our listener question? Yes, I'd love to. Okay. Are you going to write? I'll I'll give it to everyone. Okay. Okay. I'll deliver it up. So we actually just received this this morning and we thought we could not pass it up because a listener has written in on the gram and asked us our opinion on a conversation pit. Which I think writing into two people who are literally releasing their conversation one a week yeah each week sorry of course we're going to be all over this imagine if we had a conversation pit to do our podcast in oh i think it's a thing i think this is actually required yeah exactly we're we're looking for investors currently that would like to give us money for a conversation pit please and thank you contact us on at the new more (laughs) dot podcast because I really love the idea of a conversation pit. Do you? Yeah. So what we're talking about is in some instances, it's a sunken lounge. Yeah. Claire and I debated this for about 20 Yeah. Minutes. We're talking about a sunken lounge versus split level. Mm. Essentially, the sunken lounge is like a trend of the 70s. It's really making a resurgence back now where a lounge room is on a different level, it's like sunken down a different level to the rest of the lounge room. And the couch is usually like the top of the couch is at that height. Mm-hmm. So you can have it in lots of different shapes, like round ones and square ones, rectangular ones, big ones, small ones. Here's my brief opinion on it. Yeah. I love it if you Google like conversation pit or if you Google sunken lounge. Mm. I love it. But I think you have to have the money to execute everything really, really well. Mm. So I think you need to be able to then lower all your windows so that when you're in the sunken pit or sunken lounge or whatever you want to call it, Mm. you're at eye level with nature. Or I think that you have to have really well done flooring that's executed quite like the miters are executed really well. Yes. Even like the upholstery has to be, you can't just like create a pit in the ground and then throw an Ikea couch in it. Like, no. So I think the exact height of the couch like has to be yes. considered with the height yeah. of the sunken lounge. Yeah. So I think intentionally, like if you're like, this is what, I, this is the wow factor I want to achieve. And I'm content with the fact that it has a flow on effect to the rest of the room and I'm going to embrace that all power to you Mm. bloody love it yeah but I think if you're like I want a conversation pit and all I can afford is to sink the space I just think it's not worth your time yeah okay and we're also talking about the fact that for a lot of homes in Melbourne particularly that are on stumps it is actually quite achievable to to do whereas if you're on a slab all of a sudden it's not that easy to achieve and there's just and effects ramifications by mm-hmm. making that sort of a decision yeah. so it just makes it a little bit more of a commitment yeah exactly and I think that's why we've talked about in so many episodes knowledge is key before you start a renovation or before you yeah. start a build you need to understand if that's on your Pinterest board and this mm. is something that you really want you need to understand that the bones of your property can do it that it's within budget like so just understanding how to achieve it before you go about it yeah and you need to select what is the couch? What are the cushions? Yes. Like how yes. high are they going to be? Yeah. How are we going to structure this before you start yeah. cutting into it? Am I committing to this couch for the rest of my life? Or alternatively, like am I building 
a like couch purposefully for this space yes. like a lot of people do custom upholstered cushions that's on an yes. actual carpentry built couch setup so yes. just all of that you want to think through before you dig a hole in your ground yeah like before you get to your living room and you're like cool let's diy job apart. your husband comes home and you've like cut all your floorboards and dug a hole yeah before you get to that stage <laughs> think it through think it through but we would Uh, discussing how great they also look outside yes in the environment of having like a fire pit in the middle it Mm. just makes it so much more cozy like a fire pit to me it doesn't get much better than that outside but then to have it in a sunken environment oh it just makes it even more cozy I love that idea here's my theory with it as well and I know this is going to go on the list of dumb things Ashley says but I think a sunken fire pit, so that where the fire is kind of at eye level and you're mm. sitting sunken, mm. surely reduces the smoke smell you get on your clothes. Yeah, because, I reckon it would. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I think practicality it is a must because <laughs> I required. hate washing my hair after fire pit night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good call. So, you know. Okay. I don't know if that's exactly how it works. Everyone get the excavator out <laughs> exactly. in everyone's backyard. Yeah. Talking about how this could be achieved in a DIY decoration, I suppose, like styling point of view without requiring to dig up your whole lounge room and go through a renovation, go to council, all of that. And we stumbled across um, Matt and Josh on Instagram, Mm. and that is their handle, Matt and Josh. They are such fabulous DIYers. They're from Sydney. They have such a fabulous page on the gram. And they've actually recently installed a conversation pit in their lounge room, which they have done it by having couch cushions, or cushions, I suppose, on the ground so it's quite mm. low you like kind of you know you have to really get down mm. on the ground to get in there and they've upholstered like custom upholstered each of those cushions in a different pattern yeah. a different color it just looks beautiful and they're not like throw cushions they're like this is the wildest description they're like hay bale shaped yeah, cushions yeah, yeah. so they're quite structured and so it's very intentional. They very haven't intentional. just gone and got a bunch of, like you can buy floor cushions that are, yeah. you know, kind of soft and, and floppy. That and that gives me like a meditation, yes. like we're here for a seance kind of vibe. <laughs> All right, everybody get down on your knees. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the way they've done it, as you say, it's very purposeful yes. and very tasteful. It looks amazing and I think it really would encourage a conversation because I look at that and I think you kind of have to get down to get onto the couch cushions. <laughs> What's their motto? And <laughs> get down and talk to me. It, no? <laughs> I don't no. know where you're going with that. <laughs> I, was tr- <laughs> I would really like to help you. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a conversation pit motto, but I don't think I should be in charge of our <laughs> mottos. <laughs> Heck. Let's see if we can insert something in there, but for now don't think you've got it covered (laughs) but it encourages in my view people to have conversations more like we are like yeah lounging you're more relaxed than sitting on a couch with your feet planted firmly on Mm. the ground Mm. and a bit more Mm. like upright and uptight Mm. it just lends itself to being more cozy then I think though what about back problems? Like my mind is just like running into all the different, I think where the sunken setup works really well is because you can still have that lounging effect mm. because you're lower, but you do have the practicality of like a couch versus the DIY. The perk with the DIY is you can change it at any time. Yeah. Like when well, your you back starts put to throw. It on little feet. Yeah. You, you could yeah, raise, raise it, up. it up. But you're not bringing Gran over for a cup of tea. Like, no. Cup no. of tea. Cup of tea. <laughs> a cup of tea for you. <laughs> but these guys, um, Matt and Josh, this is a separate area. So they do have a lounge yes. room with couches and then they have this as a separate area, which it gives me the vibes of having a party. Yeah, you've that's got where the party would be. Yes. Yeah, everyone yep. would be hanging out in there and having like DMs in the conversation. It's pit. like cocktail hour starts in the formal living area, and then when we're ready to yes. 
get down and have a chat. Yeah. We're in the- As the night progresses, the lights are dimmed and we're yeah. in the conversation pit. So then have we what, – was there – I think we like it. I think we're yeah. lovers of the pit. I really love it. I'm happy that it's back. I'm really happy yeah. that it's back. Beautiful. Well, there you go. We are go. pit lovers. We are. We'll share a few – images so people yeah. can get some info. definitely of matt and josh yeah for sure yeah but definitely keep writing it like this was fun yeah and it's things that more. we wouldn't think of like we would never think to bring up a conversation pit. no although i'm very happy we have yeah. had this conversation so write them in all the things please i think it's time to get into that kind of creative block mm. part of our episode so yes tell me a little bit about when you've been researching this, what has come mm. up for the definition of a creative block? Yeah, so essentially we're talking about when there are like mental blockers that come up that hinder your creativity. I don't understand why there's not a word like writer's block for other creatives because I think this can affect anyone, whether it be designers, stylists, musicians, artists, really anyone writers, photographers, whatever it is, whatever creative endeavour, whether it be professional or like a hobbyist, there are times where you just have mental blanks and you're like, I cannot think of anything creative. And ideally, that only happens for a short amount of time, but it can happen for a really long time. Yeah. I feel like we're almost a little bit robbed that there isn't a word like writer's block for everyone. And I do think that it seeps into all areas of life like I don't think you have to be a creative to experience block I think you can be an engineer an accountant and nurse or whatever I think that when you start to understand what a creative block is a lot of it is physical symptoms discouraging your ability to do what you do and I think that we all experience that I do agree that it's kind of just formed into writer's block but I think it seeps into every creative's life like I know you and I have experienced it and we'll talk a little bit more about that later I think one of the things that I loved so much when I was researching this is every definition you can find highlights that this is a temporary condition Mm. which I think is really important to understand because I think when you're in the heart of creative block which can be frustrating and demotivating Mm. and can like lend yourself to a creative slump and all of that it's really important to understand like that this is temporary yes. and there are practical actions that I can take to overcome it. I think if you felt like there was no end. Hey. And the fact that you're not alone, everyone can experience this. And I would think that majority of people have experienced this and there are tools out there. There are things that we can all do because we're not in this mm by ourselves Mm. we're all in this together kind of lightens the load by knowing that yeah definitely and I think understanding that it comes in all different forms for different people Mm. so I think because writer's block is the most common terminology you kind of think of sitting in front of a piece of paper or sitting in front of your computer and not being able to do anything it's Mm. almost like this stunting thing yeah but I think it can come in like way more forms than that Um, And it can be things like fatigue or burnout Mm. or fear of failure or even like just the inability to think outside the box. Yeah. It's like you're on this really straight path and you're not able to think that maybe there are alternate ways to get to where you want to be. Yes. And that can be so disheartening. It really can. And when we were looking up how creative blocks show up, this list could go on forever mm-hmm. because it affects different people in we such won't different go on ways. forever. <laughs> no, we won't. So we've just picked uh, five or six that we think apply to us and we know that we've heard of within the industry and within our communities. So we've just kind of cherry-picked a few of them. But if these don't look like how a creative block comes up for you, that's okay. Mm. Like It does not matter. So did you want to give us a first one? Yes. How creative blocks can show up? We're going to start with the most obvious, Mm -hmm. which is lack of ideas. So I think a creative block can be you're looking at it, whether it be a blank page or a blank canvas or something online, like whatever it might be. But it's that lack of idea. And I think what that then causes is panic. Mm. I think when you're a creative and you're sitting there and I'm not necessarily talking about fresh ideas, 
something like interior design when you're coming up with floor plans and layouts, it's not that things are rinse and repeat, but you're not coming up with something fresh every time. Mm. A lack of idea can still be something that you've done in the past Mm. and you just can't bring to the forefront of your mind. Mm. And that can be extremely scary. And so then you get a little bit anxious and then that increases your lack of ideas. Mm. And it's kind of this rut that you get in because the more anxious you get, the less your brain can slow down and process Mm. and actually come up with something. So I think lack of ideas is probably the most obvious one. It is. And Boy, it's jarring. Whether it's ideas or inspiration, it's just the fact that you always have like a mental blank. Yeah. It's like you can't think of anything. You're like, have I ever had a thought in, in my, my life? life? <laughs> Why can I not recall anything I've ever learned? Yeah. <laughs> I have also written down distractions and procrastination. Mm. I kind of put that into the same bucket because we are just in a time when There are so many distractions around us. There are so many things that are demanding our attention and whether it be from our phones or our laptops, TVs, whether it be any kind of technology that's drawing our focus and our attention away from what we intend to be doing. And then we can also use those tools as procrastination when we don't want to focus we want a little distraction so we start turning to those things and then before long we're in some rabbit hole that we don't know how the hell we got there and two hours has passed and you're like what am I doing with my life and do you think those things like as you were talking I was like those things would actually then increase your ability like it would increase your block because when you're procrastinating and we do have things at our fingertips instantly, like mm. you instantly go on Instagram mm. and things come to you straight away. All, that feels, yeah, yeah. And then that fuels the frustration that your ideas aren't coming to you because we live in an instantaneous society. Yes. And because we're so used to getting things quick whenever mm. we want them, even something like Uber Eats, I'm hungry, I'm going to order, it yes. comes to the door. I think that actually stunts our ability to work through something like a creative block because we're not required to work through anything anymore. Even I couldn't pronounce a name before and you were like, oh, just put in Google Translate. Like everything is at our fingertips. Yeah, yeah. And so I think... So quick. Yeah, I think actually learning how to deal with the procrastination part of it might be the most helpful thing you can do. Yeah. That's not go on Instagram, go on your laptop, turn on the TV. That's not something that's instant gratification. And like instantly replying to an email yes. or a text message those people can wait they Te- don't yes. need a reply within the first five minutes teach yourself to sit in the feeling mm. may help for the next time you've got creative block yeah because there's that saying that well I say saying there's actually research papers that it takes 23 minutes for you to redirect your focus so if you're working on something you get distracted by one email that you decide to open. It's going to take you 23 minutes to get back to the state of mind you're at working on that other item. So if you're just looking at one email here and one text message there, going on Instagram here, you are chewing up so much more of your valuable time than the two minutes you spend looking at it. Can you tell you've blown my mind? Yeah. Learning to think for yourself is actually a skill you need to require these days. Mm. And it scares me. It's hard. Me. It it's is hard, hard to do. to do. And I know that I went through a phase, well, I'm still trying, I'm still, mm. I'm still going through this yeah. phase where I'm trying really hard not to just jump to Google for the instant answer, like yes. sit, sit in it. And these are things like, I don't know, how to create a cell in Excel, like not yeah. just like not being able to use my own mind to problem solve, I think mm. is a lot of it. And all of that stuff makes so much sense. And I think that that potentially will help us when we've got creative block is like learn to think for yourself. Yeah. Like learn. Because you've got the power. You right? do and have the power. And if you know that you have the power, it makes it easier yep. to reach for it. On that, it kind of brings us to our third one, which is self-doubt. Mm. Mental blocks can give you, and I have experienced and I know you've experienced mm. it, and if you're listening – 100% you've experienced Yeah. It. When you experience a block, it makes you question everything. Mm. Should I be doing this? I'm no good anymore. I've lost my talent. Yeah. You get insecure. It's And it's this spiral. And it again, it's that 
lack of ideas spiral. You just continue to go further and further down this rabbit hole that, again, doesn't encourage your inspiration to come back and can be really scary. And I think that self-doubt then forms itself into anything you do is not good enough. Yeah. Like even if you got a strike of inspiration and you did something, I think – you would question it over and over and over again. Like, well, what's the point? It has the ability to continue to rob you. Mm. It just kind of rears its head. Mm. Like we were only talking last week in our wellness episode about the spirals that we often go Mm. through in recording this podcast of self-doubt, like the high of being excited, the energy that then dwindles to our self-doubt of Why did I say this? Why did I do that? And that's just one example of how it can show up. Mm. And it's not called for. We need to almost call it out that this is just my self-doubt. This is just that little devil on my shoulder. Yeah. There's a psychologist that talks about putting faces and characters to the feelings that you've got. So Mm. let's say you do struggle with anxiety or you struggle with self-doubt a lot. It's actually naming the self-doubt Steve and giving him a face and acknowledging, but acknowledging like, this is just Steve. Like, oh, hey, Steve. Yeah, bloody Steve's here again. He's back again. He's back again. (laughs) He doesn't control me. Yes. Like, I don't think she, she, I don't think she tells you to name it Steve, but like, you know, she, she, (laughs) whatever name, to give it a face and a name and understand the fact that you actually can work through this. This yes. is just one small thought in your head that although feels so overwhelming, sometimes it's the physical symptoms that make it feel overwhelming that you can control yeah. and you can bring yourself back and work through that before you just spiral. Because it's a thought, not a fact. It's a thought, not a fact. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> What's one of your other ones? Uh, perfectionism. Oh. So this one... I think shows up the most for me. So the idea of wanting everything to be a certain way, to be a certain form of perfection, because let's be honest, perfection is in the eyes of the beholder. Your version of perfection is very different to Mm. my version of perfection and it's never going to be right. Like there's no such thing as perfection. We're human beings. There is always room for error. I know we all would no doubt know of Brene Brown who does a lot of work on perfectionism and the correlation between perfectionism perfectionism and shame. And I just wanted to list definition that she gives, which is perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect and act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment and shame. And that's really what it's all about. It's about not showing up for yourself for the fear of other people's judgment. That's how it shows up for me. And it really becomes like paralyzing and I just know I'm getting better at it because I can name and shame it really. I can flip it on its head by saying this is perfectionism, like why am I doing this? I need to move aside but this is definitely one that really gets me. I really struggle with this one. Yeah, and I mean you're not alone. I know that I definitely struggle with Mm. perfectionism on a daily and Mm. I've learnt people don't care. (laughs) I know right and I remember when I first started Tove my father-in-law said something to me that was really impactful he said something along the lines of because I was stressing about um response time to clients Mm -hmm. and service levels like if I'm charging for a service I want it to be five star what does that look like and he simplified it down to like he was basically said Australia has one of the worst ratings for service in the world so anything you're doing is probably better than 90 percent of what australia is doing so just chill out yeah like it is okay it's like you have to trust that to the core the kind of person you are has high values and you wouldn't give something someone something that's less than what it's worth and since then i have been a little bit more like yeah, I'm great. Like I've been a little bit more like, yep, what I'm providing is worth the money. You know, my clients are happy. And it's that thing over and over again of they haven't complained. So why am I searching for a problem in the product? And I think when you struggle with perfectionism, you search for a problem. It's how our mind works. And you actually have to acknowledge there probably isn't a problem. And if there is, oh, well, like that's okay. Like stop 
over analyzing yep. and kind of just get on with it yeah. because other people are never as worried or as invested as we are and there's always that perspective I suppose of people saying like oh you know I didn't even realize that you've been there like absolutely mm-hmm. dwelling yep. on this one little thing that nobody even realized because everyone's got their own shit going yeah, on like exactly nobody right. really cares that much yeah. about what you're doing like we are hyper focused on the thing that we are doing mm-hmm. and the next person is hyper focused on the mm-hmm. thing they're doing yeah the last one and I would say it's not the most significant one but I would say it can have the most significant impact on your life mm. is burnout mm. and I think burnout is when creative block has really hit its peak it can come in extreme exhaustion Mm. and generally through prolonged and excessive stress Mm. and so I think when you're feeling burnt out that is generally your biggest sign or like when you've got creative block that's a good sign that burnout may be coming yes so it's really really important to be aware of what's going on what's causing the stress And burnout can also look like detachment, which is really Mm. scary. If you're a creative person and you love what you do and all of a sudden you're feeling detached to that, it makes you think, like it makes you think like, am I supposed to be here? Like, what am I doing? Like all those thoughts come back. It is a serious health problem. Like I don't want to talk about this lightly. Burnout can have some really serious implications on your life. And so if you are feeling it in the slightest, Mm. it is so important. Again, people don't care what you do. Take care of yourself. It is so important. Take a week off. Like take a week, do nothing, let your body recoup and come back. You may not come back to be inspired and all the inspiration in the world, but I can say you will have given your mind the rest it needs to at least tackle that next step. Just a slight reset, changing something. Yeah. To enable yourself to get out of that burnout state. Yeah, 100%. So in that, have you ever experienced mental block and what did that look like for you? I have. So it's honestly, it shows up in different ways at different times. But I suppose there are probably two significant sides of the coin that I wanted to cover today. Because I think as far as the creative block is concerned... I can now identify that I think I've had a creative block for about two years where I just went through a two-year period um, up until very recently. Just being in a state of a creative block and being uninspired, demotivated and unable to kind of reach my potential that I knew was there. And the ways that that showed up for me was on one hand being uninspired but still able to come up with new ideas. So things almost coming to me too easily, I say too easily in inverted commas, because it felt as if I wasn't working hard enough for it. So the ideas that were coming to me and then my ability to implement them and a job well done seemed too easy that self-doubt and I suppose imposter syndrome really snuck in to tell me it shouldn't be this easy. It was easy for me but uninspiring for me, if that makes sense. Like it didn't get my creative juices flowing but I could deliver the work that was required of me and it was of a high standard, it was great work but because it came easily to me there was that nagging feeling that it wasn't good enough because it was too easy waiting for the other shoe to drop so there's kind of that side of the coin and then the other side is how perfectionism would show up for me when I would get invested and excited about a creative project that I then would go into that perfectionism that I would almost hold the reins too tight that This is lighting me up. This is inspiring me. How great. I don't want to let it go. It's not quite ready yet. It's not perfect. I could tweak that. This little bit could be better. That little bit could look differently. So then almost held the reins too tight and that perfectionism then kind of came in these waves and it would mean that 
I wouldn't deliver things on time. You know, time frames would be blown out. Not because it wasn't done, because it wasn't perfect. Yeah, it wasn't to a standard that I wanted to release it in. So they, they've kind of been the ways that it's shown up for me. And I think that mentally I've been in this space of a creative block over I think about two years because I just was getting in my way all the time. Because those two instances are very different. They're an inspired, exciting, exhilarating, creative pursuit that I'm getting in my own way with perfectionism. And then there are ideas are flowing easily, just getting it done, easy breezy, but imposter syndrome is showing up because it's coming too easily. They're like the polar opposites, but mm. in both instances, I've had these blockers put up and just getting in my own way so I mean it's taken me there's been a lot of work that I've been doing on bringing those mental barriers down and I mean I'm still working on it I think it's something that I'll work on forever but at least I can identify it now which I think is is the power I think when you can identify it you get better and better at Mm. resolving it and I don't think it ever goes away but it's almost like instead of taking two hours to resolve it eventually take one minute like as in we're talking about years and months but yeah you know in that kind of thing so I think that acknowledgement is power it really is so how has it shown up for you I think for me, I've experienced one really big one Mm -hmm. and lots of little ones that I'm still experiencing. For my big one, it presented like an inability to see what was in front of me. Mm -hmm. So what I mean is like I started to really struggle with just simple bathroom and kitchen layouts. Mm -hmm. Like I would sit there, things that I had resolved time and time again, I would sit in front of the piece of paper and could not see it for the life of me. Sure. To the point where I would ask, this was at a time when I was working with other designers, to the point where I would ask other designers, like, what what am I missing here? And within two seconds, they'd be like, oh, this is the layout. And there was something happening where I couldn't resolve the problem that I was looking at, which was mm. really scary for me. It started running around in my brain a lot because I started to – feel like maybe I wasn't good enough or Mm. what's happened kind of like a one hit wonder I started to be like oh I've used all my creative juices and I have nothing left in me to create for my clients anymore and then it started seeping into like the actual selection phase like although I was providing color palettes that my clients loved I could I looked at it and I was like like I just didn't I wasn't inspired by it anymore. Mm. Things were starting to feel really repetitive and that got really scary. And I resolved that, thank goodness. Mm. I resolved it by um, rest and a change in environment Mm. really helped for me. Rest was probably the biggest kicker because I would say that my big one, it came because I was burnt out. Um, And that was my experience of burnout. And so resting really helped working through like that it is actually okay every now and then to not have the answer like that really helped yeah and then I have mini ones that show up like every two months yeah like of course. I have little mini <laughs> yeah. ones where I wake up and I just think about the workload that I've got in front of me and I don't know how to chew it off mm. and I'm a list girl it's like every Friday I plan out my next week I know when I'm ticking things off like I know how things work and so when I wake up and the block comes, Mm. I've learned what I'm supposed to do is like take the afternoon off because mentally for me, if I took the day off, it would be a bloody spiral. Sure. So it's too much. It's too much. So I do a little thing in the morning and then take the afternoon off. And really what I should do is like go out to a museum. Like Claire and I were talking about this last week. Like go out and do something to just take a deep breath. Think a lot of the time I just need to get some oxygen into my brain. Yeah. And then I'm good to go. Mm. So the big one for me was really scary, but it helped me resolve how to deal with the little ones mm. in the hopes that I don't experience a big one yes. again, yeah. I think. You um, can see the signs I before can, you get there. Yeah, I can see this and I'm not ashamed of it. Like no. there was a small part of me when we were um when I was prepping for this as to whether I was going to fess up about the big one. Sure. Because I felt really scared like what if 
my clients listen to this and then don't trust me? Or what if people start to think like, oh, and then I thought, you know what? Transparency is key because everybody's experienced this and it is so okay. And it doesn't define who I am as a designer or how I design now. Actually, it's made me a better designer. Exactly. Because you can understand these hurdles and see how you can get over them and get to those resolutions a lot quicker because it's not robbing you anymore. Yeah, exactly right. So this probably flows quite well into giving a few like tips and tricks that work for you mm-hmm. and may work for the listeners to overcome creative blocks. Mm-hmm. So give me a couple. So I'm going to start with if you have a mini block, it comes around 2 p.m. in the afternoon and you're mm-hmm. feeling like you got nothing left in you, go outside, go for a walk around the block. I don't know, sit on your favourite park bench. Yeah. Just get outside because we actually live in a stunning world mm. and one of the things that my husband and I started doing a couple of months ago was we implemented like these two morning walks a week we're supposed to do them in silence but I don't um I haven't been very good at that lately like I'm really like, have, you, have you heard about this what about this what about um but we started them in silence and it yes. was supposed to give you a chance to take in your surroundings and I started noticing things like flowers and leaves yes. and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. And so introducing those two walks into my week changed my outlook on the day because we did them in the morning and it changed yes. my outlook on the day ahead of me. So I think something as simple as that is mm. really helpful. It's almost like, you know, we could have called this segment preventatives to creative block, yeah. you know, because yeah. I think that that has really helped me stay consistent. What about you? Well, I think a designer date is yeah. on the same Claire wavelength and I as this. Dates. Yeah, you know, it's really on the same vein as getting out into a different environment, just changing things up. So whether it be that you're, let's use the example that you're sitting at your computer and you're having a mental block, whether you do just go outside just to change the environment, that could be enough. Or by going on a design date. Um, which is what we call them, which is to go out and be inspired by someone else's creativity. So whether it be going to a museum or going to a show or doing like a yoga class or something Mm -hmm. like that, that really changes up your environment Mm -hmm. to enable you to just see things Mm -hmm. in a slightly different way. So I love the idea of like a creative retreat not something I've been on but it is on my bucket list to go away I like the idea of um even doing it by myself to go away to like a really beautiful location to just Mm -hmm. be creative Mm -hmm. and be with myself and be inspired so that's not something that I've done but I like the idea of it and I thought it was very fitting to share this quote, which is actually my favourite quote. Ooh. And it says, we travel because we need to, because distance and difference are the secret tonic to creativity. When we get home, home is still the same, but something in, my, in a, uh, but something in our minds has been changed and that changes everything. I love that. Me too. It just gives you the opportunity to see things with fresh eyes. Yeah. So... Again, I think this kind of flows on from one that you just mentioned, but talk to other creatives. Mm. And Claire and I had a meeting last week with a company, stay tuned, but the girl in the meeting was another creative and we found her so inspiring. and energy, it was so great. We all clicked and bounced off one another and we both came out of that meeting like excited and inspired and ready to go. And like you and I could have fueled the rocket with the amount of energy that we were like fueled with. Yes. And I think that that is a really big one. And that in all honesty, that is why Claire and I started this podcast. Mm. When we sat down at Hardyman's that time, (laughs) it was talking about how there wasn't really a place where creatives could listen and chat and Mm. talk about struggles and whether that be you're renovating or you're a designer and you're listening, like this really is the community that we're trying to facilitate. So that if you had a creative blog, message Instagram, you're like, this is, you know, our Instagram and this is what I'm feeling. And there's two of us right here that can have a chat. And it's the fact that we're having these struggles yeah and it's better for the two of us to be able to chat it through yep. together rather than sitting in our own head yeah exactly and not getting it out and look if you don't want to message Claire and I that's fine we don't take offense to that but there is a 
something that's really therapeutic that you can do. There's actually a hashtag on Instagram called hashtag creative block. And that's is there? There is. <laughs> yes. so cool. And that is where designers, artists, writers, yep. everything, when you're feeling that, they do a post and they do hashtag creative block. You can click on it and you can see there is like 68,000 posts on this hashtag of people experiencing the same things and tips and tricks of what they do to help themselves feel better. I know the second I clicked on that and realized all around the world there are people yes, like instantly you feel like, all right, this isn't just me. Like I'm not, I am not, I'm not special. Yes. You know, so I think something like that can be really helpful speaking it out loud to somebody who gets it, Mm. which is generally another creative. Yes. I think is such a good step towards overcoming it. Totally agree. And on that point, just saying things out loud Mm. like a problem shared is a problem halved right so even if it's just to Mm. pick up the phone and like call your mum to be like this is the problem Janine yeah (laughs) mean this is the problem that I've got at hand Mm. often just by saying it out loud you're like okay Mm. this is not a problem at all this is so easy (laughs) sometimes you say it out loud like for me so my brother-in-law um who runs his building company and myself like we talk most days throughout Mm. the work day and a lot of the time it's us calling one another being like I've got this problem and as we're saying it yes you hear the problem resolved like I'm like yeah I've got this problem it's with xyz and then I'm like oh here's the solution kind of trails off at the end as you're like this is not a problem at (laughs) all it's so easy to solve yes exactly you just need the opportunity to say things out loud and communicate it because when you're in your own head you're talking in an very different way than you would to other people. I am going to move on to a little trick that I like to use to overcome my own perfectionism, which is that I like to call things the first draft. Mm. So a lot of the work that I do is um, digital, so it can be edited in the future. So I like to use that to my advantage by telling myself, well, this is the first draft. I evolve, my work evolves. So if in a month, a year, two years time, I want to edit this and update it, I can. This is the first draft that I'm going to release to the world. That enables me just to release it and move on rather than holding on to it Mm. and it never seeing the light of day, which I know that other people call it embracing good enough, but my perfectionism mind doesn't like good enough. So I don't know why, but the words first draft, however you need, that works for me, that works really well for me. And another thing on the perfectionism bandwagon that I really love doing is listening to the Perfectionism Project, which is a podcast by Sam Laura Brown, and it is fabulous. Mm. It's just her. She talks for about 45 minutes for every episode on a certain subject that perfectionists in particular struggle with and how she advises to overcome it and just tips and tricks. Yeah, wow. and I just love that um, podcast. So give it a listen. Yeah. The other one for me, it's really interesting. So it is get into the flow state. Mm -hmm. Now the flow state is like an optimal state of consciousness where we feel our best and perform our best. Mm. It's usually something doing a task that's mindless. Mm. So something like running, right? Where let's say you're running a race and you're at the start and you can feel your heartbeat. You feel a little bit nervous about what's ahead of you. Like, oh, I've got 20 Ks to run. But then you start and you realize like, oh, I can do this. It's one foot in front of the other. It's generally all of a sudden you've kind of forgotten you're running at Mm. some point. You know, you kind of forget that you're running and it's just one foot in front of the other until you get to the end and you ride the high. Mm. And so, yeah, it might be something like Sudoku or like something. But it needs to be something that gives you a sense of accomplishment at the end. Mm. Because what happens with that, then it fuels your ability to do the task that you're finding really difficult Mm -hmm. because you're feeling accomplished from a task that you've just done. That you found easy. Yeah. So they say get in the flow state. It's a term or I guess it's a theory created by, and I cannot say her name, but it's like. You can. Confidence. (laughs) I believe in you. Mihai. Check sent Mihai. And she talks about the flow state. And so it's really interesting. It's definitely worth reading into if you're listening and work out what your flow state activity is and incorporate that into whether it's your work week or it's just twice a week or something. Mm. Maybe it might be Monday and Friday. Mm. 
to just help you get in that flow for the rest of the week. That probably goes on to one that I'm working on Mm. at the moment, which is action. Yep. To take action. So again, that kind of one foot in front of the other mentality. There's a principle called the do something principle, which I think really applies here. And it's by Mark Manson. He wrote the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F-U-C-K. Ooh. Have you read that book? No, but I will. Very good book. Another recommendation there. But this is his principle that he says that action isn't just the effect of motion, but it also causes it. Mm. So it's the idea that inspiration strikes. Generally, you think of it as inspiration strikes, which gives you the motivation to take action. Yeah. This principle puts it in a continuous loop. So it doesn't matter where you jump on this loop, it will then continue you around. So if you're not feeling inspired, you're not feeling motivated, just take the action and then the rest will flow. It's like that quote from Ralph Waldo do the thing and you'll have the power totally it really is yeah and I think it's as simplifying it as little as just do the thing just take some sort of action yeah because the rest will flow yeah so it's just putting that little discipline in place Mm -hmm. that you may not feel motivated today but by taking some sort of action works I suppose also to building those habits that even if the inspiration or the motivation never comes, you're building in that habit, you're strengthening that habit of taking the action. So whether it is for a creative pursuit, just put things down Mm. on paper. You may have no ideas, have absolutely no clue of what you're doing, but just do something, Yeah, some action, write it down. Yeah, I won't dive deep into my last one because it's basically the same and Mm. I've just phrased it as just start yes because people need to understand muse is the exception not the rule yes so people that have a muse or striked by this wild lightning of inspiration that's the exception not the rule Mm. so don't wait for inspiration to strike start it'll take you somewhere even if your somewhere is failure that failure takes you to the next step of success yeah just start on it see what happens Mm. that failure might lead you to be inspired to do something else like you may have tried to draw a circle and you draw a square and then all of a sudden you've got this sunken lounge like yeah you know so (laughs) I think just start and be kind to yourself remember that you're doing it because you love it it's supposed to be fun If it doesn't work today, it might work tomorrow. At some point, you're going to find your way back to creativity. Mm. It's like we said at the beginning, this is just temporary. It will pass. We're not in a constant state of block. No, and even those failures will be opportunities to learn and to Mm. grow and be better. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a really nice place to wrap up mm. and we hope that this has helped if you are listening how mm. good if you were listening and you've got creative block right now like wouldn't that be mint I know but hopefully it's helped hopefully it spreads the word that like this is natural and everyone's experiencing it we're all in the same boat yeah here. the other day Claire and I went to an event that actually helped me with my inspiration we went yes. to Constantino's did we say that we were saying it wrong as well we realized it was like Constantino Constantine, another pronunciation Con- thing I that think, we're not naming. Yeah, I think they say it beautifully and we just say Constantino. Yeah. But they did a release of their new range and they had yeah. their um they had their event at the State Library, which was so beautiful. And Claire and yeah. I just got to go out and about and look at acrobats and eat good food. Well, I didn't, we didn't really eat well. We tried to eat the food. <laughs> tried to eat the food. Ash kept getting the little finger food and then asking, oh, is there dairy in this? And then every time they said yes, but she already had committed to it. So then she'd just go to the bartender and be like, the poor bartender. Me. By the end of it, he could see me coming with like my food and he was like, he would just hold the bin up and I would just put it in. I didn't mean to waste. I just, no. I'm not a wasteful person, but yeah. Just getting night. wrapped up in it all. Yeah, but, but it was I'm, such a beautiful event. There was actually on that night... You told me a story that I was like, this is one for the listeners. It was something to do with, oh, the photographer, the photographer, you and Ben. No. (laughs) You've got to tell this this story. You've got to tell the listeners. This has nothing to do with interior design. Nothing. I think. But a great story for the listeners. There's going to be a new segment in this podcast that is just stories about my life. Yeah. Ash's 
Yes. Ashes tall tales. So we were walking from the train to this event and we looked into a little bar that was having a photography session, obviously, yeah. for the content. And it reminded me a couple of months ago, Ben and I were asked by a friend of ours who owns a bar to be a part of his photography shoot for his bar. Um, it's called Bar Lafayette. If you're looking for a good recommendation, they do stunning cocktails. Wonderful. Anyway. The whole point was like we were asked to be on like a fake date. Well, yeah, fake date. Ben and I weren't on a real date. Yeah. So to give you context, like Ben and I have been together for almost 10 years now. So like you would think there's chemistry there. But anyway, we go and the photographer's like, okay, I'll get you two up and we'll just pretend like you're on a date and have a little laugh and have a good time. And here's your drinks. We've got actual drinks. And as we're like mid-photography session, the photographer's like, uh... I don't really feel chemistry between you two. I don't think that you guys are like pulling it off, pulling off that you're a couple. I don't know that he realized we were actually married. And he's like, I don't think you're really pulling off that you're a couple. So we'll just try another girl. And so I go, so obviously I was the problem. <laughs> you step out of the way. So I, he was like, he got this other girl up and then I proceeded to watch in the corner and laugh. Like me and my friend were there and I was wetting myself watching Ben be on this fake date with this girl. And the and the photographer's like, yeah, beautiful. Lots of chemistry Great here. chemistry. Love it. And like now they are the, the, the couple of this Instagram page. Oh, are there pictures oh, of them know. together? I'll have to look it up. If there is, I'll post it. Please do. I want to see the chemistry it's in so action. funny. <laughs> and poor Ben and I were like, no, nah, maybe we have no chemistry. Like we're just an old married <laughs> couple at this on point. <laughs> Oh, I would have loved to have pulled that guy up, the photographer, afterwards, just to be like, oh, by the FYI, way, we are we're married. married. <laughs> FYI, there just, was chemistry one at one yeah, point, it just yeah. isn't anymore. Just purely to see him backtrack yeah. out of it, it would have been so good. Because he may not have known we were even friends with the owner, like he may have thought. Like the talent's like, here. Yeah, yeah the, the talent. The talent, Ben and I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. really were just two numpties yeah. that like wanted a free drink. Yeah. So we went. <laughs> but yeah, that was oh. quite embarrassing. How good. Well, what a high to finish the ep on. <laughs> so you guys can follow us on the gram at thenewmore.podcast. Give us a little rating or a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Tell a friend, do all the things. Message us. Yeah. Say hi. Yeah. And any questions that you may have, like the um, conversation pit, for example, we had a lot of fun covering Mm. that subject. Mm. So if you have any other ideas, send them our way. We'd love to connect with you guys. Until next week. (laughs) We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.